Thank you for tuning into The Right Life. I'm Maureen McDowell. I hope you have been having a lovely week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Those of you that have been listening regularly, I really appreciate it. Um, This week, I'm going to be reading from my first poetry book, Exploring My Options. And this poem is called Starfish. From coast to coast, from shore to shore, I moved to recover, to get off the floor. I was fractured in two, split in half. I replaced my arms, I grew them back. I am a starfish floating along. If you cut off my arms, they'll grow back strong. So I picked this poem because I had found a quote earlier today uh, by Leonard Cohen that says, if you don't become the ocean, you'll be seasick every day. And that kind of really is a dominant theme in my life right now. Um, I might have mentioned that my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer May 2020, and he has been pretty functional up until about two and a half weeks ago. Uh, The cancer has progressed and now he is gradually getting weaker and weaker and um i'm watching him slowly move into the phase of transitioning off this planet and it's been heartbreaking to say the least even though we did have um almost a year and a half to prepare you don't really ever prepare um for losing a parent So I have been in between two worlds, um, deep grief and preparation and sadness. Uh, I kind of feel like I am underwater. I do feel like um, part, part of my limbs are being kind of torn off by losing my father. Um, But also I am in a space where I've really never felt better personally and creatively and professionally. So it's this weird space to be floating between, um, which can make you feel a little seasick. So I thought these two references to um, the ocean were appropriate right now because I am feeling a bit waterlogged. I'm definitely feeling underwater in a lot of ways because grief, as we know, even though I'm not in full grief because he hasn't passed yet, it's still, there's still a lot of grief there and it'll just hit me like a wave out of nowhere and my eyes will start to well up and I'll just get really sad and um, terrified in many ways and then it'll subside and pass on and then I'll be reminded of something about my life that is just so lovely and wonderful and brings me back to a place of appreciation. So it's definitely like right in the waves. And um, I I do love that I found that quote uh, by Leonard Cohen about just trying to go with the flow and be like the ocean. And um Sometimes the ocean can be really choppy and rocky and um, other days it can be kind of 
just really calm. We have days here on the Gulf coast of Florida where it's just calm, like glass and very little movement going on. So, um, and also grief is like the tides in some ways it comes in and it comes out. And, uh, we sometimes feel very disconnected, but in our current, like modern world, but we forget we really are animals <laughs> in many ways that are, are ruled by the moon and ruled by the tides. And, and, you know, grief is part of the process, unfortunately. Um, so that's pretty much the space I'm in right now. I, I was trying to think about what I wanted to talk to about the podcast and I was gonna not talk about um, what I'm going through right now with my dad, because somehow it felt like something kind of depressing or, you know, we don't talk about death in our culture at all. And I'm trying to look at this as a transition process for him and myself and that, uh, he is going to be moving into a better place where he's not in pain. He's been pretty uncomfortable since his diagnosis in May, 2022. And he's, you know, he's been functioning. He, I mean, right before he got sick this time, he was in North Carolina, he did some kayaking and it just kind of hit him. And they, they had told him that when, um, when it starts going downhill, it starts happening really fast. So, um, I feel like he, I hope he did. He lived a really good last year and did all the things that he loves to do. So, um, but my father really was the one that introduced me to literature and introduced to me to my love of reading and my love of the outdoors. And I know through being out in nature and also through reading, I'll be able to stay connected to him still, but it's still very tricky to be losing your parents. I realized, um, yesterday I was thinking about it, like what this grief is. And it's like, your parents are pretty much the only people that agree to actually love you. <laughs> I mean, that's if they're like good parents. I mean, there are some parents that, um, even parents that give their children up, I'm sure they still think about them and love them, but, um, or walk away from their children. But, you know, they're, they're the parent, the people that have chose to love you and everyone else is, um, I guess, I guess I would say required to love you and everyone else just chooses to love you. So there's a part of that of, um, my mother is still alive, thankfully. And, and, and beautifully, she's taking care of my father in his last days and they've been divorced for 35 years. <laughs> so there is this kind of karmic healing that's going on in my family by seeing the two of them together. And, um, uh, there's this peace between them that really heals my soul to see that my mother can be so selfless to give her time to help a man that in many ways, wasn't a good husband to her. And, but it is also a gift that she's given to us kids because it would fall on all of us to take care of him. And we all are very busy with our jobs and I have a child and um, it's, it's a huge burden uh, and, and I hate even using the word burden, but it's, it's so tricky to help someone you love die. And 
I think we don't realize that it really does fall on the families unless you have the money to be able to support um, bringing in a full-time caregiver, which we do not. So my mother stepped up because she is retired and has the time and the space. And also she, her love language is service. And she offered to do this for not only my father, but also for us kids. And what a beautiful gift that is to be that selfless and open-hearted to be able to give your time for a person that really wasn't, you know, the best husband to you. So, um, if anything, that really shows um, the power of forgiveness and um, the gen- a generosity of spirit that my mother has. But as far as the poem that I picked about growing back an arm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep that image in mind as my father makes this transition and that, you know, um, I'm going to feel it. Definitely the grief of losing him. It probably never go- will go away. Um, I've lost some people in my life that were friends, not super, super close friends, but were close enough that, uh, I did feel a loss by they, them passing, not a parent though, which is a whole different, um, whole different animal that I I'm definitely not prepared for, but I'm doing my best to be gentle with myself and, um, give myself a lot of grace and space and also be really conscious of who I'm surrounding myself with. I'm finding that I do not want advice. I don't want to hear this is just a part of life. I don't want to, um, be, um, necessarily. Yeah. I don't want advice. I, but I do want people around me that are able to nurture me because that's what I need most of all. So that's, um, this is a good learning lesson for me in the future when I'm around someone that's going through grief. Uh, it's, it's just so lovely to be somebody that just provides space for another person to feel whatever they need to feel. And I feel so grateful that I do have so many wonderful friends that are here for me during this time and that are checking in on me regularly. And, um, I, I have a person to hug in my partner, Oliver, and I feel really grateful for that too. And, and it's pretty wild because, um, I met Oliver, it's been about a year, right? Like this month. And, um, it was not long after my father was diagnosed and it was as if the universe was like, okay, you're going to need somebody that can hug you regularly (laughs) during all this, because that's kind of all besides wanting to be totally alone and process my feelings. I, on the other hand, I, I, do appreciate being hugged. So, um, I'm just trying to keep that, those kinds of the imagery, um, of, of like riding the waves of the ocean and, and letting the waves of grief wash over me and not being judgmental, um, in feeling whatever I need to feel. Um, and also like, uh, giving myself lots of space to, you know, realize that like part of my, you know, if you think about yourself as a starfish, like one of my arms are being ripped off (laughs) in some ways, like I'm a part of me is, is dying by my father, um, leaving this earth. And, um, he's, it was, is a very tricky person. He is definitely the dictionary image of a curmudgeon. 
he tends to make life a lot harder than it needs to be. And it's been a very tricky relationship with him, but deep down, I know that he loves me and we have a a wonderful understanding through our shared love of literature and nature. And if I talk to him and if I relate to him from an intellectual space, we've always been able to bridge a lot of gaps that way. He was never affectionate. Um, he was a patter when he hugs you, he kind of pats your back and it, he doesn't hold on long. Like it's like, he wants the hug to be over as soon as possible. So that one thing that is a, a gift about this time is he, he still has all of his faculties. So I brought a book over recently for him to read and he was so excited about it. And we were having a conversation and he's still slowly moving around, but it's getting harder and harder. He's lost a lot of weight and um, we were getting into like this really deep intellectual conversation. And I started to see him like fading, getting worn out. And I was like, okay, dad, well, I'm going to go. My mom was there too. And I got ready to leave. And then he went into the kitchen to get something. And then my mom and I got into this really deep conversation and he came back out with a little bowl of cherries and set it down in between us and like sat back down and wanted to keep talking because he was you know, when we get into our mind and when we get into books and we get into deep thoughts, we tend to forget about the external. Uh, we, we forget about our container. <laughs> so he was able to like, just get into a deep conversation. And I think for a moment, he forgot he wasn't feeling good. He forgot he was sick and his, the fire came back in his eyes. And um, when I had first gotten there, it was like, you could just see that he wasn't, he was slipping between worlds. Um, when you, when you've seen somebody die, I had a friend of mine pass away a couple of years ago due to breast cancer. And then I visited her in hospice and I watched her like be a little bit present and then slip into the, slip into the next world, the next reality. And then she'd come back in and then she'd go back out. And I I'm noticing my dad is starting to do that too. And, and, um, I, I, I'm just holding space that he can move into the next space, um, uh, the next reality, uh, as pain-free as possible. That's always very tricky. So, but you know, when we're going through these processes of, of losing someone we love or losing anything that we really value and, and, and appreciate, there is this kind this dismembering, this, losing of a limb feeling of, of the starfish and that I mentioned in the poem. And there is a part of you that you feel you're detaching from, and it can feel a bit lopsided for a while. Um, I know that I'm, it's going to take me a while to process this. And, um, I am hoping that I will be able to see him in a better place. Um, Wildly enough, the week that he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, um, the love of his life, who had also been battling cancer, she had been in the hospital. Um, he didn't even know that she was in the hospital because he was sick in the hospital. Um, she was battling um, a heart issue and she ended up dying the same week that my father was diagnosed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. So, he's really been missing her during all this. Like she didn't even know he was sick because she was um, unconscious when he found out 
and then passed away a couple of days later. So his person didn't even know that he was ill. So he's been going through this alone in so many ways he couldn't even talk to her. So there, there is like this romantic side of me. That's like, he's going to be reunited with the love of his life. And, um, he will, uh, they will both be whole and healthy and happy. And, um, I'm always curious about where I will imagine them, um, in the next, iteration will they be camping somewhere in a lovely field and surrounded by wildflowers together happy and whole and maybe i'll um talk to them and uh you know check in with them and see how they're doing and see how they respond um you know regardless if it's him actually talking to me or not it's very comforting to talk to people that have passed on and and um, and I've also had family members that have visited me in dreams and that was very comforting too. So these are things that are warming my heart right now. Um, you know, we, we try to prepare for these kinds of, um, things, at least I'm trying to prepare, but I, you know, I know that there's no way I could properly prepare for the sadness and grief that I'm going to feel. So, um, but you know, the hope is that eventually the the in feeling like the starfish that a part of me can grow back um and I won't feel so lopsided eventually that i'll I'll be able to keep my dad in my heart and um I will be able to um i I don't think it ever goes away, but I think you you learn to live with it and it gets easier over time. And, and that, and so anyone that I is listening that has recently experienced any grief, or maybe it's been a long period of time and the wound opens up sometimes because grief is not linear. Um, I I'm sending you so much love. Um, and if you're listening, please send me love, send my family love, send my mother love, because I'm going to be filling in for her and helping with my dad. So she has support because she's, it's a lot taking care of somebody, um, regardless of what your past relationship with was, was with them. So, um, I, I think this is all I wanted to talk about right now. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit raw and, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling underwater. That's the best way to put it. Uh, and I'm feeling very, um, like, not of this earth, like really spaced out. And I think that's just the coping mechanisms of our bodies preparing us. And, um, because I had gone, uh, away for two weeks, as I mentioned in North Carolina. And previous to that, my father was also in North Carolina the two weeks prior. So it had been about five weeks since I had seen him between his traveling and my traveling. And I went on Monday and saw him and like, you can feel his bones. He's, he's lost that much weight and you could, you can see, um, the sickness is overtaking him. The cancer is overtaking him. You can see it in the pallor of pallor, pallor, pallor of his skin and just in his eyes and how he moves and how he talks 
and it's vastly different than how he was about five weeks ago. But even five weeks ago, when I saw him before um, he left town, I could sense that it was coming. There was just something, something in the air and by how he looked and he had shown me his wrist um, where his watch is normally tight. And he's like, do I look like I've lost weight? My my watch is really loose and it used to be tight and he shook his arm and you could see how much weight he had lost. So, um, when I went up to the mountains in North Carolina, I got the call that he wasn't doing well and had been preparing to come back to this, um, reality, which, um, unfortunately is one of the hardest things in life I would say is losing your parents. Um, and I feel very fortunate that I've made it to almost 49 with both of my parents and have gotten to live most of my life having them around. I've been very, very fortunate. I have a lot of friends that lost their parents, uh, at a very young age. Um, some people I know never even knew their mother. I have a friend that never even really knew his, their, his mother. He was only five years old when she passed away. I have other friends that, have lost parents like right in a critical years of middle school um, or when they're just moving out into the world or had just started having children. Like, so I feel really grateful that my child is um, 17 years old and got to know his grandfather. Um, I was seven, I was 18 when my grandfather passed and he really made a, a big impression on me. So I'm grateful that my child has gotten to know um, both of his grandparents uh, for a large period of his life. So I'm going to wrap up now. Um, thank you so much for listening to the right life. Uh, who knows where I'll be next week? What poem will inspire me? If you are dealing with any kind of grief, whether it's a breakup or the ending of a job or, uh, any transition of any kind that comes from any form of ending, I'm sending you lots of love and maybe try to think about just being with the, like the ocean and just like riding the waves and just giving yourself lots of grace and space during this time of grief and change. Um, and also the image of the starfish, you might have lost a limb, but the limb, the limb will grow back. Um, not the same way, but maybe in a new way, and maybe there'll be a new strength or skill set that you have that you didn't have before. Uh, I, I try to always be hopeful that life is leading us in ways to grow and evolve in better ways. And um, I'm hoping that for myself and I'm also hoping that for you. So thank you so much for tuning into The Right Life. Please be you. And I really wish you the best of possible weeks and um, and go to maureenmcdole.com if you want to learn more about me. My poetry books are for sale on there as well. And I'm sending you lots of love and wishing you a great week.